Welcome to the Colonel Cast, the official podcast of the Curry College Athletics Department, a proud partner of your Curry College Colonels. Hey, everybody. Congratulations on making it to the end of another week. My name is Paul Blow. I am here with Chris McKeon and Brandon Clay. What's up, guys? Hey! Before we get into another round of Guess the Sport, we are going to kick things off with a voting update for the final round of the Best of Curry Bracket. Through three days of voting, we have received over 9,000 total votes through rounds one, two, and three, combined and with seven days left this is how many votes each finalist has received finalist number one which is the 2019 national champion cheerleading team they have received over 32 percent of the votes and they have 142 the second competitor it's the 2019 volleyball team who had the most wins in a season in program history they are just over 22 percent of the votes with 97 the 2015 conference champion baseball team hovering just under 16% of the votes right now. They are at 70 and our final competitor in the final four, it's the 2008 men's soccer team with 130 votes, which is 29% of the votes we've received so far in round three. So you know what that means, Paul? That means that my men's soccer team from 2008 is only 12 votes behind your 2019 cheerleading team to take first place. You're right. At this point, it looks like it may turn into a two-horse race, but we have a lot of days left, so we'll see how everything plays out over the final week. Before we get into Guess the Sport, we'd like to remind you to check out Handshake, the college's official platform for employment opportunities. If you have any questions regarding Handshake, please contact the Center for Career Development. All right, Clay, you know what it's time for. What time is it? (laughs) It's Guess the Sport time. It's time to guess some of Curry's best. This is Guess the Sport. Do we have like a career percentage of how many I've guessed correctly so far? Yeah, so far through, I think, four rounds of this segment, you're 10 for 17, which if you want to put it in batting average terms, that is 588. That's a pretty decent average if I was a baseball player. That's, that's pretty good. I'm going to continue that. I'm, how many do we have today? Four? We have three Hall of Famers, but we're going to be looking for five sports altogether. Oh, see, you, then you throw me curveballs like that, and then you make it harder for me. That's fine. I'm confident anyways. All right. So we're going to start it off here. No class because he was actually a coach, but it's Steve Nelson. Steve Nelson sounds very familiar. Yeah, this is an easy one. Sounds very familiar. I mean, you're, you're throwing me a lob right now. I just, I, I, oh, I do know this name. He was involved with the Curry football program back before I was here. I believe he was a member of the New England Patriots back in the day. So if I get two guesses here, I'm going to go Patriots football and Curry football. <laughs> all right you're correct but i'm only giving you credit for one there (laughs) no extra credit on this one (laughs) all right good start so our second hall of famer from the class of 1986 yvonne nelson yvonne nelson the previous person i just guessed last name was also nelson (laughs) for correlation with that being said my final answer is going to be women's lacrosse at curry final answer That's incorrect. (laughs) But you know how we said you've got five sports to guess, but only three. Oh, let me guess. guess So I get another guess, technically. If it's not women's lacrosse, I'm going to go with women's soccer. 
Final answer. All right, you, you got, got one. one. You got one. <laughs> awesome. But even though you're only 50-50 here, we need one more guess for Yvonne Nelson. One more guess? What is she, a three-sport athlete or something? Yep. Yep. Are you serious? Okay, one for two with Yvonne. I'm going to go with, if it's not lacrosse, and if it's soccer, it's going to have to be women's basketball because it's not in the fall. So I'm going to go with the winter season of women's basketball. Sure. I don't know how you got there, but that's correct. <laughs> yeah, see, it's all about the math. It's all about the logic. All right. So you're three for four so far. You have one more Hall of Famer, and we're just going to be looking for one sport here. It's Tony. You want to guess our last name? <laughs> <laughs> Think about the last two athletes. Nelson. It's actually Tony Willette. So why the heck would you have me say think of the last two athletes? Well, when she was here at Curry as a member of the class of 1995, she was Tony Willette. Now she is Tony Willette Nelson. Okay. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of Nelsons going on here. I feel like I have to get this one. You said one sport athlete that she played here, class of 1995, you said. That's correct. Just based off of the name... Tony Willette Nelson sounds like women's volleyball. Final answer. I know it's right. No, you missed it. I mean, the program's only 10 years old. <laughs> when I, 10 years ago, I was still, I was like nine. So you missed two sports here. When she was at Curry, Tony Willette played women's soccer. She's actually all over their record books. Is she? Yeah. And Yvonne Nelson's third sport was not women's lacrosse. It was softball. So she played soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, softball in the spring. That's correct. Yep. I don't know how you can do all three along with doing school. That's very impressive. Shout out to you, Yvonne. All right. Not bad, Clay. You have upped your average to 591. You're 13 for 22 now. So we are going to move on now and introduce another special guest for the third episode in a row. All right, welcome onto the Colonel Cast, our senior woman administrator and head women's soccer coach, Bridgie Palatino. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Thanks for having <laughs> me on the Colonel Cast. So, we've got a few questions for you today. Getting the ball rolling right away. How has COVID affected your team, not only this fall, which has obviously been drastic, but back in the spring and through the summer as well? So, first, before I get into my team, my family, my troop, I think it's important to talk about how it's impacted everyone across industries, obviously with essential workers. We have a lot of alumni at Curry who are hitting the ground running, right, in their professions, specific into the health professions, the nursing majors, the bio, the chem, our education majors who are seeing the reality of COVID and the impact across industries. So I just want to shout out to appreciating all those essential workers for helping us get through that adjustment and continuing through this new normal that we're going through. In terms of our team, we've had to be resilient. We've had to be strong. We've had to be flexible, adaptable, everything that sports really teach you. So nothing really new to us in terms of the qualities that you learn from soccer and sport, but just really showed us how to understand there's things in life that are going to be out of your control. And COVID certainly is something that's been completely out of our control. So we're really taking this into focus on our family, focus on how we can make the best of the situation that we're in while staying safe and healthy. So I know it's important for essential workers to continue staying strong in their tireless work. And luckily, we have a lot of support with our alumni base through that. 
but in terms of our team, it's been really teaching us how to control those controllables and really focus on our family and get our family moving in the right direction and staying healthy through it. Absolutely. Clay, I think you have a question that usually gets pushed to the end, but we'll bump it up here. What you got? Oh, sweet. So Bridgie, I asked this to all of our guests here on the Colonel cast. Aside from working at Curry, you've been at Curry for a while, being the head coach of the women's soccer team here. But aside from that, what did you do over the summer, separate from working at Curry? Did you hang out with family, friends? Did you pick up any new hobbies during this crazy time? So during the quarantine, um, planning a wedding, which is really exciting. Hopefully, we're staying hopeful we'll have the wedding in March. Did a lot of house projects. I'm sure that was a lot of people realizing when you're sitting at home, stuck at home, a lot of different things that could get fixed. So we did a lot of house projects, a lot of gardening, a lot of yard work went running a lot so exercised a lot with running through the neighborhood I was known as that person so when they saw me walking they would always my neighbors would say hey you're not running right now so it's <laughs> a lot of running a lot of kayaking but yeah I think uh what didn't I do is more the question of yeah. from, from quarantine awesome. you said you were planning a wedding that you plan to have in March is it different planning a wedding during coronavirus like is it do you find it difficult to plan things around a pandemic like that yeah I think everyone's everyone's really understanding so I think that's what we're finding very supportive very understanding that this is something that we're navigating for the first time so just again being flexible being adaptable keeping an open mind. So I think that's been great is the, the support all around. Yeah, I think wedding planning can always be stressful, no matter what it might be. I haven't found it stressful quite mm -hmm. yet. But I think with just the uncertainty of hopefully things are getting better, there people have been really supportive through it. Cool. Congrats. That's so good. I know, Pretty. Paul, exciting news on a podcast, so I figured I'd share my exciting news. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you set the bar pretty high, so. Yeah. We're all here for the good news. We're all here for the breaking news on the yes. podcast. There's been too much bad news lately, so we got to have some good news to even everything out. Yep. Bridgie, so aside from all you do as our women's soccer coach, what responsibilities do you take on as our senior woman administrator? So I think it's about the support for colleagues, the support for across our community, just being another role model, being another voice, being another channel for my coworkers, but also more importantly, the student athletes who are here for. So I think that's what I've really seen the value in the senior woman administrator role is being another support for all student athletes, not just female student athletes, but just being another channel where they can go to bounce ideas off, feel valued, feel heard and feel supported again, for student athletes, but also my coworkers. So what advice would you give women who want to break into a coaching and or the sports industry career um, in some other capacity, especially those who may be facing any form of obstacle getting into the coaching career or sports industry? My advice in regards to this question probably wouldn't be just specifically to women, just in general, but I think the importance of doing what you love I know women are typically the minority in athletics when you look at the statistics across the board in the industry, but just because we're the minority doesn't mean we're any less valued or any less appreciated or any less supported. So I would say just keep doing what you love. And if you have a passion for the sport or if you have a passion for athletics, follow that passion because it won't feel like work. And the importance of finding a place that feels like home, where you are supported, where you are valued and where you do have that sense of community. So Stay positive. And if you're doing what you love, I think you'll start to realize that if you do what you love, you'll find a home and to keep being persistent in finding that home. On the flip side of that, since athletics has traditionally been a male dominated field, but that's no longer as much of the case. Do you have any advice that you can give to men in the industry who want to help make athletics a more inclusive 
and safe place for their female colleagues? Yeah, I think it comes down to the values of being trusted and respected. So across the board, trusting and respecting your coworkers, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, sexual identity. So I think overall to creating a safe and respectful and inclusive environment is having that trust for each other and having that respect for each other and having that mutual understanding. So I think it just comes down to those core values of having trust and respect. All right. At this point, I want to jump into our Welcome Home Colonel segment. Welcome home. This week, we'd like to welcome home our Colonel Haley Ferreira from Haverhill, Mass, from the volleyball team. Welcome home. Awesome. Welcome, Haley. Welcome, Haley. Bridgie, apart from your love of the sport, what made you realize you wanted to be a coach? I think the love was the most important part. The passion for the sport was the most important part. I do enjoy the team creating a culture and having buy-in from your family and really building a culture. I think that's also a part that has really drawn me was that being able to create your core values and your philosophies and create that team culture that you're proud of and that you're proud to call your legacy. And it changes based on your team. So being able to adapt it and mold it based on the people that you have in your family. So that's also what kind of has kept me in coaching is that team atmosphere and that building of a culture and taking pride in the culture that you're creating and that legacy that each and every team can have each year and it changes each year, which is the most exciting part. Yeah, and as a follow-up to that, what obstacles did you face along the way and who was there to support you? I think there's always road bumps along the way. Uh, My most recent had been Mount Ida, my previous institution closing and being blindsided from that experience and seeing the impact of having to, you know, have a family have to find new homes. That was really challenging. That was really hard because you invest so much in your team and in your culture. And then for that to get ripped from you, that was probably the biggest obstacle for me. But then luckily, you know, with the silver lining, I found a place in a home at Curry and found a great community with Curry and found that again, I was able to land on my feet. So no matter the obstacles that you do face, as long as you stay positive and you stay strong and you can stay true to who you are and do what you love, you'll land on your feet. So I think along the way, I was supported by Kevin. I was supported by my family. I was supported by my friends, supported by fellow coach role models. And just having that tight knit network of people who are rooting for you, people who care about you and wish you the best. I think that's helped get me through it. And for me, I have a great support, uh, a great network of fellow coaches and family. So having that comfort and getting support along the way has really helped. That's awesome. So Bridgie, I know we talked a little bit about this earlier, and you don't necessarily have firsthand knowledge of all of our finalists in the best of Curry bracket, but we are in the final round here. So do you have any memories or insight from the teams you are familiar with? Again, to cover those, we have the 2019 cheerleaders, the 2019 volleyball team, and then the 2015 baseball team and the 2008 men's soccer team. Okay, a little disappointed by Roger Williams' win. is not in the finals. I'm not sure what happened there. We might have to recheck the stats. (laughs) Calling for a re-vote already. (laughs) Uh, First time in 15 years being Roger. But 
In regards to the, the finalists that we have, obviously it's top quality for all of them. Wow, this is a tough one. I don't want to burn. <laughs> I'm going to have to root for volleyball, having historic season. They're just great energy, fun sport, and I'm just rooting for volleyball. Bob Sex fights into the finals. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Last week we chatted uh, with Greg about volleyball, really about all of these moments, but he was sharing with us that it's just such an exciting sport to watch, especially when they go five sets. It's a very high energy sport. So that's a good pick right there. Before we start wrapping up and letting you go, Bridgie, I believe you may have a birthday shout out today or a a long distance birthday shout out. Oh, that is the sweetest thing. You guys are awesome. Today is actually my brother's birthday. So turned 32, he's halfway around the world. He lives in Japan with his wife and daughter. So it's been hard not getting to see him as mm-hmm. much, but obviously I've gotten to see him virtually through Skype and Zooms and all those things. So shout out to my brother, Adelino Palatino, or Lino, as he's known to be called. But it's his birthday today and really excited that we get to share that on the podcast. Thanks. Absolutely. Happy yeah. Birthday. All of us at the Colonel Cast and everyone at Curry, happy birthday all the way to Japan. Super fan in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> So is there anything that we didn't ask you that you'd like to chat about? So just want to give a quick shout out to being well supported with a great coaching staff. I couldn't do what I do without having my coaching family in Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. You're not going to find a coaching staff like ours. We have a phenomenal coaching staff. I've dubbed them the coolest coaches in the CCC, but it's really great to have support with Coach Kev, Coach LD, Coach Becca, Coach Mo, and Coach Doc. So really well supported with our coaches and they've done an outstanding job, especially during this fall to step up and really individualize, specialize our training uh, and be in there for our family. So I couldn't have such a tight knit group of a troop without them. So just a really special shout out to my coaching staff. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us, Bridgie. I know that you guys have been training and practicing, but we really, really hope to be able to see you guys on the field competing in the spring, hopefully, especially for your seniors. You guys got anything else? You too? No, I mean, in my three years of knowing you, Bridgie, uh, I, I commend you for all the hard work you do on the community, uh, not just for the soccer team, but for, you know, for the entire community at Curry College. And, and we can't thank you enough for, you know, not only being on this podcast, but just for just being a huge asset for Curry College. Ah, BC, you're great. Absolutely. (laughs) but it is a great Uh, community so i think obviously with you guys and and you're we have a great community at curry and again i couldn't do what i do without having the support of you guys so i appreciate you guys we're happy to do it we're happy to help anywhere we can good luck recruiting today and thank you again for joining us thanks thanks guys stay safe be well let's take a step back away from curry athletics and take a look at what's happening around pro sports Here is your weekly update on professional sports. On Sunday night, King James was crowned a king again with the Los Angeles Lakers finally defeating the number five seed Miami Heat with a final series record of four games to two. The NBA bubble is finally done after almost 12 months of an NBA season. Clay, you sound very excited about that championship for a guy who predicted the Heat would take it in five. All right, well, I did predict it, but I had hope. Like, you give a team like the Miami Heat, who was essentially the underdog, who beat the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo on that team, making it all the way to the finals, beating not only our Celtics team, 
but actually giving the Lakers a run for their money. You thought the Lakers were going to win, and you were right. Yeah, I'll admit that I kind of copped out with my prediction, saying that my heart was with the Heat and my head was with the Lakers, but I don't feel the need to dwell on this much longer, so let's jump into the NFL. It was a busy week in the NFL. It started with a Thursday night contest between Chicago and Tampa. Chicago came away with a 2019 victory. Cairo Santos knocked down a 38-yard field goal with 113 remaining, which proved to be the game winner. The Bears forced a turnover on downs with 33 seconds left after Tom Brady didn't know what down it was. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> he held up four fingers, and yeah. I think he held up four fingers after the play. Right. Yeah, I would and say that's a pretty good indication. I'd say one of the biggest surprises of the week was the Raiders' 40-32 victory over the reigning Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs. It was Casey's first loss since November 10th of last season when they lost a Week 10 35-32 game to the Tennessee Titans. The primetime game this week had the Seattle Seahawks move to 5-0 for the first time in franchise history as they rallied for a 27-26 victory over the Minnesota Vikings. Seattle was shut out in the first half and erased a 13-point deficit to claim the victory. With two minutes to go on the Seattle six-yard line, Minnesota was up five points and opted to go for a short fourth down conversion. They were stopped short, giving the ball back to the Seahawks, and Seattle went 94 yards in 13 plays as Russell Wilson hit DK Metcalf in the back of the end zone from six yards out for the victory. The Miami Dolphins dismantled the defending NFC champions, the 49ers, 43-17. Ryan Fitzpatrick went 22 of 28 for 350 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that was a shocking result on, on my end. Yeah, that's the second real bad loss for the 49ers this year after dropping their week one matchup with Arizona. To continue the NFL, the Saints came away with a 30-27 overtime victory over the L.A. Chargers on Monday night. New Orleans was down by 10 at the half, but came back with 14 points in the final quarter to force overtime. Will Lutz converted a 36-yard field goal with 5.08 left in the OT, which proved to be the game winner. Yeah, that's the second OT game that the Chargers have dropped in four weeks. But probably the biggest story of the week came from the Dallas-New York Giants game. Dallas came away with a 37-34 victory, but the story of the day came with the injury to Dak Prescott. He suffered a compound fracture and dislocation of his right ankle, which comes with a four- to six-month recovery period. It was tough to see that, and we wish a speedy recovery for Dak. One of the games that was postponed this week was Broncos-Patriots, and that has caused a lot of schedule changes from the NFL. Yeah, a lot of changes that are affecting teams that aren't the Patriots or Broncos. I believe all in all, the schedule changes have affected nine different teams, being the Pats, Broncos, Titans, Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Chiefs, Chargers, and Jaguars. And most of those are teams who have not had any positive cases, and they're really just facing bad luck, for lack of a better word, that their opponents have positive cases or one of their opponents down the road have had a game changed. So their game with them needs to change. But a lot of changes all over the NFL this week. 
we thought there were a lot last week between the Steelers, Titans, Ravens, whatever. But this week alone, the Chargers had four different games rescheduled in addition to their bye week. And we're going to close this segment by touching on the MLB playoffs. The divisional series are over. I got my wish. All four divisional series were between divisional opponents, which was very cool. Unfortunately, only one of them went to five games. But holy cow, that series alone and all the drama that unfolded made up for all the other series that only went three or four games. The four teams that remain are the number one Los Angeles Dodgers, the number one Tampa Bay Rays, the number two Atlanta Braves, and the number six Astros. The Houston Astros are the only team remaining that would not have made the playoffs had the MLB not expanded to 16 teams this year. A little bit of a surprise there for Houston. I mean, they're looking like they're, they're playing pretty well against Tampa Bay. I hope Tampa Bay comes out with that series win to hopefully face off against the Dodgers because I feel like this postseason is the Dodgers to lose. Yeah, the Oakland Athletics definitely wanted to knock out the Astros in the ALDS. They're a division rival, and then additionally, to make matters worse, this year, after everything that came out over the offseason with the Astros and the cheating scandal, yada, 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 right, right. it would have made it that much sweeter to beat them, but the Astros took it in four games. However, they are down 2-0 to the Rays, thanks largely in part to an impressive showing by Manny Margot in Game 2. So we'll see if the Rays can close out that series. And the Atlanta Braves have a somewhat surprising one nothing lead over the Dodgers right now. But this is a seven-game series, so the Dodgers have plenty of time to come back. A lot of baseball left. A lot of baseball left indeed. The one thing that we are missing during this postseason is our beloved Boston Red Sox with a very tough season during this crazy time. We're not watching the Red Sox play in the postseason. It was a very unfortunate season, although – it looks as if the Sox might have a very interesting offseason unfolding. I don't know if you guys saw this a couple weeks ago, but Trevor Bauer, who is now going to be a free agent this offseason, tweeted recently, like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, it was a picture of a plane ticket going to none other than Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Does that mean something, guys? That would be very exciting to see him wearing a Red Sox uniform next year. It would certainly help our pitching staff. We've got Chris Sale coming back from injury, hopefully. But yeah, we could definitely use a lot of help on the mound. I hope Jackie Bradley Jr. sticks around, although I don't think that's going to be the case. But yeah, as you said, it's going to be a very intriguing offseason, and I'm anticipating seeing a lot of movement, which will also include a new manager, maybe an old manager coming back perhaps. I'm excited to see what they do in the front office because at the end of the day, you can tell it comes down to who's running this team. You can yeah. tell by compared, if you compared, you know, two seasons ago in 2018 to now, it's all about coaching. Yeah. It doesn't take a baseball expert to tell you that this season wasn't it. There's got to be some significant changes and I am excited to see what steps they take to make some vast improvements before next March. Hopefully we'll be back to normal Boston Red Sox pretty soon. Fingers crossed. With just four days left of voting, be sure to get your votes in by following all of our social media, by typing in Curry Colonels on our official Instagram and Twitter page, and by typing in Curry College Athletics on our Facebook and YouTube channel. So go check us out. Get your votes in by commenting on our Facebook and Instagram posts and by voting on the polls on the official Twitter account. Voting ends on October 19th, so get on it right away. As we continue to release weekly episodes every Friday, be sure to check out the Colonel Cast 
available on every major podcasting platform. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and of course, Anchor. So be sure to check us out. And if you haven't gotten the chance yet, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the podcast and let us know what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear on the pod. Yes. And as Clay mentioned, be sure to get your votes in over these last few days. I'm very excited that we are closing in on 10,000 votes, which is very impressive. You guys are doing an awesome job. Thank you once again for that. And in one week, we will crown a champion of the best of Curry Bracket. Woo! A week from today, we're going to crown a champion. I'm super excited. Yes, sir. Let's go. Thank you once again to our guest today, our senior woman administrator and head women's soccer coach, Bridgie Palatino. Thank you all for listening, and we'll chat with you again next week. See you guys. See you next week. See ya. Friday.